Hello? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to think oh of. Oh, my goodness. Like- I know. I was trying to think whether I was going to say good evening or hello. I'm just going to say hello because good evening you- only makes sense if you listen to it in the evening. <laughs> hello. And hello. welcome to episode 10 of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Mike. Hello. And this is Zoe. Hello. And uh, this week is a Zoe week. It is. And can I just say, I can't believe we're at number 10. Yeah. Double figures already. Amazing. Incredible. Right. Would you like to take it away? Most people have heard of mermaids. If you haven't, you're probably living on Phobos or listening to this from another planet. Most people know the story of the Little Mermaid. And most people know that the original story is not as sweet and light as Disney have portrayed it to be. Feel free to read the original Little Mermaid and be ready for a tale of struggle and pain, of disappointment and woe. But what inspired Hans Christian Andersen to write the story? Real mermaids. Stories from all corners of this earth which describe, in bizarrely similar ways, the folk that live beneath the waves. Now, Before you dismiss these as folklore and myth, please ask yourself, how is it that stories told hundreds of miles apart can describe in detail such similar beings? Some of these stories and beliefs are thousands of years old. But before we go all the way back, I want to ask you, Mike, what do you know about mermaids? Top half woman, bottom half fish is the general way of going about it. They sometimes get kind of interwoven with sirens. So there's the idea of the song that lures sailors to their deaths. Yeah. Which presumably they eat. Other than that, not a huge amount, to be honest. Well, actually, it's strange that you just assume that they eat people because that's something that's kind of brought up in like the darker side of siren and mermaid law because they are very much kind of crossover, Mm. often referred to as the same things. Right. That's yeah. That's interesting because I think there's there's only really one kind of proper folklore story that talks about mermaids actually eating someone and his leg washed up, or it's this thigh bone, and now the actual cove is called like Thigh Bone Bay or something like that. I haven't covered that one because I was like, it's a bit gross. (laughs) It, It didn't, you know, blend in with my other stories. But okay, so today. Quite rightly, we believe mermaids to be half human, half fish, torso of a beautiful maiden and the lower half being a fishtail. Seductive and terrifying. Okay, so there are generally two schools of thought when it comes to mermaids. The first is they sit combing their beautiful hair on beaches, waiting to catch the eye of a passing human. And you see, they don't have a soul and that's what they want. And the only way they can get it is to marry a human. So to attract the attention of a mermaid and reciprocate it with kindness and love will traditionally bring you luck and loyalty. But to spurn such advances will bring calamity and flood. So if a mermaid fancies you, be nice. Otherwise, you're in for it. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) Don't get many around here. No. More like bog witches. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Fen hags like... (gasps) Me? I didn't say it. (laughs) The other belief is as you rightly pointed out earlier, the the siren side of things, they sit atop rocks at sea, singing their sweet songs to lure sailors to a watery death. Mm -hmm. And again, it was the belief that they were after the souls and also after slaves slash lovers slash an easy meal. 
The first recorded story of what we traditionally see as a mermaid or merman is older than you think. Have a guess. How old do you reckon it is? And we were talking like origin stories here, love. We're going twelve hundreds. Not even close. Wow. How old? Go back a bit more. Four hundreds. More. BC three fifty. More. Twenty thousand years <laughs> BC. I thought you were going to say twenty thousand leagues under the sea. No. Boom. No. Four thousand years. Four thousand. Wow. So in about. 2000 BC, there was a Babylonian god of the sea, and he was the god, and this, I love this, arts and science and cleaners. Arts are probably limited to shell arranging, (laughs) sciences, marine biology, and I don't think you need to clean things that are underwater that much. No, no, this is our beliefs, Babylonian Right. They weren't mer-people, sweetheart, were they? No, but I thought that you were saying that the king of the sea had the belief that these he was the king of no, no. the sea and the king of <laughs> cleaning and no. the king of... Okay, the Babylonians. Right. Okay, their god of the sea. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, you know, obviously when you have multiple gods... gods what was his name? E. Oh, it's E-A. So it might be... Air. He was... Air. <laughs> Uh, and he was depicted as half human and half fish. And he was the forerunner of the Greek god Poseidon and the Roman god Neptune, both gods of the sea. So, yeah, he was the first merman. The first mermaid recorded was a Syrian goddess. My pronunciation through all of these is going to be interesting, so I apologise in advance. Atagartis. She was a goddess of fertility and her followers would build temples by lakes and pools. Legend has it that the goddess fell in love with a human shepherd but accidentally killed him. She was grief-stricken, and she hid in a lake and tried to turn herself into a fish. But she couldn't manage it, and only her lower half was transformed, so she looked like a mermaid. She was about a thousand years BC. So, from the first to the many. In the far north of Canada... The Inuits tell stories of the goddess Sedna, goddess of the land and sea. She mistakenly married a bird spirit disguised as a man and was kidnapped by him. Her father rescued her in a kayak, but the bird spirit saw and was angry. The bird spirit flapped its wings, creating storms and waves. To protect her from its wrath, her father pushed her from the boat. As she clung to the side of the boat, Her fingers began to freeze and fall off, and as they fell they became walruses and whales and other creatures of the sea, and she herself grew a tail and thus became the mother and spirit of the sea. Mother of the sea is a name that echoes around the globe. This being, half human, half fish, that brings life. Mamiwata is the water spirit from West, Central and Southern Africa, described as having a the body of a human and the tail of a fish, or sometimes a snake. It mostly appears female, but is sometimes male. But even if it appears human, it is understood to be otherworldly. She has been known to abduct people while they swim or sail on her waters, taking them to her realm, be it underwater or the spirit world. If she chooses to let them return to our world, it is said that they will become wealthier, more easygoing and more attractive. She is the most prominent of the water deities and is still highly revered. In February of this year, 
a high priestess was appointed the supreme chief of Mamiwata. The coronation was televised. To Japan now, and the Nanyo. Nanyo translates as human fish, but means mermaid. Traditionally depicted a creature with a monkey-like mouth, small fish-like teeth. The Nanyo has golden scales and the voice of a flute. If you eat it, you will live a long life, but if you catch it, it brings misfortune and storm. Wakasa folklore tells of a fisherman who caught some of these creatures and invited his friends over to sample them. However, one of the guests went into the kitchen and saw the fish had a face and told the other guests not to eat it. They stashed the meat to dispose of it on the way home. However, one of the guests arrived home drunk on sake and gave the fish to his daughter. He realised too late and she ate it, but all seemed well. The girl grew up and got married, but then she stopped ageing. While family and friends died, she retained her youthful appearance. After being widowed many times, she became a nun and wandered the world. 800 years later, she returned to her hometown of Wakasa to die. In Brazil, the mother of the water is known as Iara, which translates as Lady of the Lake or Water Queen. Oral tradition tells of a beautiful young woman with green hair and copper skin with the tail of a dolphin. She sits on the rocks by the rivers of the Amazon basin, combing her hair. She starts to sing when she knows there is someone close by, and once they hear her, they abandon all thoughts of their human life to live with her for the rest of their days. She is blamed for those that go missing when travelling alone in the Amazon. She is destined to be alone as she is immortal, and though she lures away, will of course eventually die. To France now, and the story of Melusine. Melusine is a freshwater mermaid that is sometimes depicted as having wings and two tails. Her origin story tells that her mother was a fairy, and her father was the King of Scotland. Her father promised her mother that he would never look at his wife and daughter while they bathed, but he broke his promise. Her mother took Melusine to Avalon, the legendary island in the stories of King Arthur, and it was here that she grew up. At 15, Melusine learned of her father's betrayal and sought revenge. She imprisoned him in a mountain, but her mother found out and cursed her. From then on, every Saturday she would take on her serpentine form. Now she is seen every day. She is the Starbucks logo. And here's a mermaid you might recognise, Mike. The Merrow? Doesn't ring a bell. The Merrow is an Irish mermaid. These are beautiful maidens with pale, sometimes greenish skin and fish tails. The origin and etymology of the word is debatable. It could come from the Irish meaning sea singer or siren, the modern Irish meaning sea maid, the Gaelic meaning sea monster, or the Cornish meaning sea hog. All help build up a picture of the sort of creature we might be dealing with. The Merrow have a magic cap which allows them to live on both land and beneath the sea. Folklore tells tales of fishermen stealing the cap of a Merrow and making her his wife. They live happily together, but the fishermen must be careful to hide the cap away, or regardless of how much love they feel for their land-bound family, they will inevitably feel the need to return to the sea. This is very similar to the Irish Selkie, 
a race of seal people who shed their seal skin to come ashore. If you find their coat and hide it, they will have to stay on land. If you can, check out the film Song of the Sea. It's a beautiful animation about Irish law and selkies. It's a personal favourite. And now, you might be able to help me with the pronunciation of this, my love. Mm. The Rusalka, a Russian mermaid. You could probably make it sound far more Russian. Rusalka. There we go. Beautiful. A mermaid with a slightly dark backstory. It's said to be the spirit of young women who have died tragically. They go on to lure men and children to their death, but they're also known to water spring crops, which is an interesting juxtaposition. Okay, so this is our last mermaid on our global tour. The Finn folk of Norway and the Orkney Islands are shapeshifters. They spend their time both on land and in their ancestral home of Finnfolkenheim, a crystal palace beneath the sea lit by the phosphorescent glow of tiny sea creatures surrounded by gardens of coloured seaweed. Finn men are tall, thin, stern beings. They are incredibly territorial and will bring disaster to any fisherman that enters their water. They're also very crafty and will try and cheat a man out of his silver and steal his wife. Finn wife start life as a beautiful mermaid. This is to help her in her desperate search for a human husband. If she fails to find a human to marry her, she will be forced to marry a Finn man, and he is likely to force her to work on land and to send him all the silver that she earns, or risk his wrath. After marrying a Finn man, a Finn wife starts to lose her beauty and will eventually become a sea hag. When Finfolk kidnap humans as partners, they often treat them more like slaves. And if you come face to face with Finfolk, distract them by throwing down some silver, because they cannot resist it and have to pick it up. So now I want to talk about manatee. Not just because I love them, but for those of you that don't know, most mermaid sightings are now blamed on manatee. But I, for one, take offence at this. It's not the manatee's fault that it gets mistaken for a beautiful maiden, although I guess we do have to take into account that many of these sightings were attributed to them before glasses were widely available. So and maybe when grog was widely available, <laughs> so yeah. Terrible eyesight and drunk sailors. It oh, wasn't she lovely? Beer goggles, basically. Yeah. But I want to go back and look at some of the stories I've told. Add manatees to the mix and see how it goes. So the Sedna, uh, North Canada. I'm not sure we can blame this one on manatees because they don't frequent that part of the world. But in Africa, the name given to the manatee in that area is Mamiwata. The description of the Nanyo with its monkey face does kind of fit the cute little chubby face of a manatee, but it's the wrong area. But who knows, maybe a stray aggregation of manatee, because that's what a group of them is called, could have ended up around Japan somehow? Maybe just once? I don't know. Iara in Brazil, there are manatee in the area, and sometimes her tail is actually described as being manatee-like. Melusine? No. Just no, she's, she's freshwater. She's daughter of a fairy. And it's the same with the Rusalka. Not sure about that. Finn folk? These folk seem a little too interactive and moody to be the beautiful, gentle manatee. So that's a no from me as well. So recently, I started listening to a podcast called Spooky Tales. 
Now, the reason I started listening to this is because I was actually contacted on Instagram by the host who said he enjoyed our show. So I thought, you know. Give it a listen. Absolutely. And I have to say, I spent (laughs) my whole morning walking to work, laughing like an idiot with my headphones in. It was creepy enough to give me goosebumps, but I just couldn't stop laughing because those two, the chemistry is brilliant. We absolutely love spooky tales. They're fairly local to us as well, so you never know. Maybe one day we'll do a (laughs) cross-contamination. I'm sure that was supposed to be collaboration, but whatever. Give Spooky Tales a listen. Yeah. See what you think. Cool. So we have a new review from Jonas51, which I think might be John from the Spooky Tales podcast, but I'm not sure. Great format, great content, great podcast. Five stars. Settle in and let Mike and Zoe take you on a journey through the weird and wonderful. Great stories and excellent, informative, insightful banter as they take it in turns to present their story, which is then discussed. As a fellow podcaster of the spooky kind, I thoroughly recommend subscribing. Thanks, Jonas51. And now back to our regularly scheduled nonsense. So in conclusion... Although I can kind of see why people think this, I don't think the manatee is trying to fool us into thinking that they're mermaids. And I don't believe that people all over the world saw manatee and came up with the same fish story about these fish-tailed folk trying to kidnap us. Because every story, they want our souls all over the world. So I don't know what went on, but I want to believe in mermaids. How about you? <laughs> That pause means, Zoe, no. Yeah, due to massive overfishing and cruise ships. I did find out in my research that there was a a stellar sea cow, which was gigantic. We're talking like 30 metres long. Stellar as in among the stars? It was the surname of the guy that discovered it. I was going to say. It was huge. It was extinct within 27 years of us discovering it because basically we ate it oh what a shock i was just on the way of the dodo and the galapagos turtle exactly (sighs) i I was amazed this gigantic beautiful sea creature if you haven't noticed i do love manatee but back to the the mermaid thing there's so much water on this planet And so much of it that we haven't discovered and we're discovering new things every day. And I don't know, it just seems so weird that literally every culture has a mermaid of some description and it happens to be a beautiful woman with a fish tail. Yes and no, because a lot of the times folklore can be traced back to kind of an original people. So all it takes is for, say the Babylonians to make up a story. And then anybody who visited Babylon might hear the story and take it back to their people. And then it develops into a story from their region and so on and so forth. I understand that, but we're talking 4,000 years ago. Yeah. Like when people knew next to nothing, to be fair. Yeah. There wasn't like complete planetary travel. Was there, there no. you know, there was... No, I mean, most civilizations around that time would be fairly insular. Exactly. But trade did happen, things did, did go on. I think as we started to cross the seas, 
and there were, you mm. know, more boats in action, that's when more of the stories came out. But, but like, the Babylonians also, I'm, I'm pretty sure, was it the Babylonians or was it the, might have been the Mesopotamians or uh, I'm trying to think now, but basically one very early civilization has carvings of half fish men, sometimes with the fish part on top. Mm -hmm. that they revered as gods and said that they came to them from the sea and taught them different things. There's one myth that says they claimed the fish people taught them pottery and agriculture and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, because there is the whole, obviously, story of Atlantis, which Mm. was supposed to be a very advanced race. In theory, yeah. And who knows? Atlantis was that, a a whole city of merfolk that was visible Mm. and then sank even further when they went, we're not giving these guys any more help. Yeah, could be. Or the spaceship just took off. I don't know. I just think it gets more and more difficult to believe in kind of various types of cryptids these days because you think the amount of traffic there is on the oceans. And yes, I understand that, you know, things can lie below the waves and we we've only explored like two percent of the world's oceans yeah we've explored more of the moon than we have of the exactly oceans. this is kind of part of my argument so it's not beyond the realms of possibility but it certainly stretches credulity i think for there to be another humanoid race that we don't know about now would be unlikely but not impossible yeah there was a few interesting bits in there, though. There was the, obviously, I knew the Starbucks logo was a mermaid, yeah. which they've kind of cut it down and down and down until you can barely tell what it is anymore. Yeah. But um, she does have, if you if you actually can imagine it, it's got the two tails. Yeah, she's like got either side. Tails, people, I think yeah. people think they're like arms or something these yeah. days, but no, they're actually tails. No, they're actually tails. If you look at the older versions of the logo, if she yeah. was there in full. The marrow sounded very much like the Selkie. Yeah in that they will happily wed landlubbers. Most of them did seem fairly happy to wed humans. Yeah. Apart from the sirens sitting out on their rock. Yeah, they don't. I don't think, I think they're so far away from actual land that they don't like us. They're just like sitting on outcrop rocks and, you know, reefs. Yeah. So what else have I got here? I've got, what was the first one called? The first goddess? Now, the first god was, yeah, yeah, Atagartis. Atagartis. Okay. And she was the one who was grief-stricken after accidentally killing her shepherd lover. Yes. Okay. And then tried to turn her into herself into a fish. Yeah. I think to kind of escape, halfway. but was so upset it didn't quite work. See, I've, I've never killed a shepherd, but I can relate to the whole thing of like starting a project and then just abandoning it halfway that through. That does sound very much like you. Yeah. <laughs> and with the beard, you'd be quite a good like Poseidon or Neptune. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. I should get myself a trident. I've got one in the bedroom. Oh, I'll it's use only that a mini then. one, though. Oh, I could do with a decent one. Sedna married a bird spirit disguised as a man. Yeah. This is Inuit um, folklore. Right. Okay. So, yeah, bit of a tricky one, that. Underwater, yeah. in the air, never the twain shall meet kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Except I don't, she, the she wasn't under the, the sea, I guess. She wasn't, un, she wasn't of the sea right. when she married this man. Oh, so right. You've got okay. to think a lot of these started life as just a humanoid deity. Yeah. And this is the origin story of them becoming a mermaid. Right. So she was humanoid. Right. Okay. And it was and then, the act of her marrying what she thought was another 
human, human. Uh, that turned out to be a bird spirit. But yeah, that's that's not going to really work. Birds and, and no and, birds and fish. Difficult to get them married. But I've, I did think I've it tried. was when I started reading it, and it said, "Oh, and her fingers started to freeze and drop off." I was like, "Oh, this is getting a bit Titanic, isn't it?" But yeah, and then it said. And then they turned into walruses and whales and, and the other kind of... See, that would have been a good twist in the Titanic movie if he'd have been on the door and she'd have been clinging on and he's like, there's enough room for both of us because there was enough room for there, both there of them. There was. And she sort of said, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. And then he looks under the waves and she's actually a mermaid. No, I was just thinking like, what if bits of him froze and fell off and turned into stuff? Which bits would get frostbite oh, first? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't want to think about it, if I'm honest. Mammy Wata, who can appear as male or female and still it, has followers today. The High Priestess coronation was filmed, televised, yeah, did you in say? In February this year. In February of this year, yeah. which is incredible and fascinating all at the same time. Like, And she's just the most prominent of many water deities. Yeah. Which... Uh, and then we've got the Nanyo from Japan with the monkey mouth and the voice of a flute. Yeah, a gentle flute-like voice. Yeah. Which I was just thinking, manatees do like a little whistle. Yeah. They do whistle like a little bit. I suppose it could, and, could be Although it did say it had golden scales. I'm like, I don't know yeah. if manatees have golden scales. Golden scales and a monkey mouth. That's, yeah, with little tiny fish-like. That sounds like a beetle lyric. No. Come on, flat top, she got monkey mouth. She sound just <laughs> like a flute. She got them golden scales. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And then the Finn folk. The Finn folk, they are a bunch of arses. They're Which, so grouchy. Literally, they hate everybody and they hate each other. That, to me, just sounds like the Norwegians and the Swedish and possibly the Danes making up stories about the Finns. The actual Possibly. people from Finland. Yeah. Because they don't get along generally. You, it could be because they kind of said that, you know, they can be humanoid as well and, and spend a lot of time on land and you wouldn't realise. Yeah. So you we've don't got a know. A bunch of mer people wandering around Finland. Yeah. Occupying the place, making but up I their just own love language the... that isn't like any other Scandinavian language at all. <laughs> just to be awkward. Yeah. Well, this is it. Apparently, Swedes and Norwegians can pretty much understand each other. Yeah. But everybody just looks at the Finns and goes, what on earth are you saying? <laughs> they can't understand the Finnish language at all. But I did like the, the name of their ancestral home, Finn Folkenheim. Finn Folkenheim, <laughs> absolutely. Home of Finn Folk. Yeah, what should we call it? Uh, Finn Folk Home? Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah, there it's, we go. That, that, that's it's fine. direct, it's to the point. It's. Uh, but I do think it sounded really pretty. Like, imagine yeah. this, like, all crystal halls, all lit with all these little phosphorus little widgets floating about and all the seaweed flowing in the breeze. The Finn folk can't resist silver. Yeah. I've made a note there. So yeah. we'd, if we were being chased by Finn folk, we'd have to chuck our wedding rings at them. Because we have silver wedding rings. Yeah, because quite frankly, I don't fancy any of these tall, moody gits that are going to make me, I don't know, some kind of weird cleaner for them. Yeah, I can't you quite wouldn't see be you so in that role. <laughs> Thanks. You wouldn't be so bad if it was a Finn wife because they're beautiful maidens and they retain their beauty if they marry a human man. I thought they were the ones that it, once they marry a... Oh, no, it was if, if they own, marry a, a, if, a if Finn they, folk 
man, then they become yeah. sea hags. Yeah, they basically it says every seven years they get a bit uglier until they become a, wow. a sea hag. And I was like, so What's... that's that's a really odd story, though. It's like yeah. the idea is all Finn women are looking for human male to partners, es- basically to escape. Yeah, but they might wander back again. The Finn men send them away. Literally, will just send them off to shore to live on land as yeah. like they said as healers or as weavers. And they have to send all the money, the silver they earn, back to their husbands. How do you learn weaving when you've lived under the sea all your life? You can't weave anything that's wet, surely. Weave seaweed, kind of? I don't know. I I thought the whole point of weaving was that it was used with dry materials. Ah. Baskets, wicker chairs, you know, whatever. No, because maybe they just learn from, like, plaiting their beautiful, long, flowing hair. I suppose it could be, yeah. Also, if they're coming out of the sea really often, they just learn. Maybe they went to school. Yeah, I guess. Basket weaving school. What are you up to at the weekend? I'm off back down into the sea. Yeah, off to Finn Folk Home. You yeah, mean Finn Folk Home. Finn Folk Home. Finn Folk Home. Home of Finn Folk, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm only on week release. <laughs> What did you do? Boarding school. Slapped a sea <laughs> During the week I go to school. At the weekends I go back home to Neptune and mum. The sea hag. <laughs> so going back to Mami Wata for a moment, there was a bit where you said basically she's known to drown people that swim or sail in her waters. Well, she kind of kidnaps them. Right. She but doesn't... if she lets them go, apparently they come back yeah. slightly more attractive, richer. They, they will become wealthier. And they're easygoing. And easygoing. So yeah. basically she's like, let me take those cares and worries off your shoulders, chuck you some brass, and let's fix up that mug, yeah. give you a new grill, and then send you out. And people come back going like, hey, you ought to go swimming over there because Mammy Wata <laughs> fixed me right up. Thing is, though, it's not guaranteed that she will let you go. That's it. That's what it's, You've, you've got to take a chance on that. This one, is it. You? A lot of them, they just seem to want to steal you away to either treat you as a slave mm. Or eat you? Yeah. Eat your soul. So what do you reckon to the whole manatee twist then? I've never been convinced by the whole manatees were mermaids story. Just because, yeah, I mean, beer goggles or not, (laughs) I don't know. I just imagine like waking up with a hangover with your arms wrapped around a a manatee. Places. Oh, you were so cute in the club last night though. (laughs) (laughs) Your breath stinks of fish. Yeah, and that's the manatee talking to you. <laughs> Didn't quite mean that how it came out, but all right, whatever. Yeah, I've never been I've never been fully convinced by this manatees and mermaids thing. I don't know. Because if you're gonna go for something that kind of looks like it could be humanoid at some point, you'd go with like sea lion or seal or whatever, like the selkies. The selkies mm. I can understand. And because like, they seals have those have kind such of eyes. Beautiful eyes, yeah. they're really deep. But to be fair, manatees have beautiful eyes too. It's just that they look like they're set into a face that looks like the back end of a pig. I have never seen the back end of a pig that looks as beautiful as those little chops. <laughs> My goodness. You're not thinking of the Dugon, though, are you? Because they've got, like, hoover faces. I don't know. I can't remember the difference between them. All I know is one of them's tail goes one way and one of them's tail goes the other way. Well, the one Dugon... vertical and one's horizontal. The Dugon has kind of quite a long kind of face because they're almost like bottom feeders. Which ones are known as sea cows? To be fair, 
people generally call them all the same things. Yeah. So the manatee has more almost like whiskery chops. Yeah. That look almost more like a, a like a walrus. walrus. Yeah. Whereas the dugon has almost like a hoover like snout that goes downwards. It's quite smooth. I'm gonna have to look up dugongs later then, because yeah, I it, thought they looked pretty much similar apart from the tail. No, and then you see the manatee has the flappy tail. Horizontal tail, yeah. And then the dugon has the, the vertical no, it's the pointed mm, fish tail, right. like split or, or paddle. Okay. Yeah. But they generally because they're they're both branches of the siren, like their right. Latin name is Sirena. Like I, I can't pronounce Serena, Serena, something, something like. That. Yeah, so okay. it's and it's interesting because they're actually named siren. siren, but they don't make any kind of major noise. Certainly, that could be you know mistaken Past for singing, singing or anything. You wouldn't. I'm think. just wondering if like sailors get far out to sea and it gets a bit windy and and the wind's blowing through the rigging and whistling and all that, and they're yeah. like, oh, hear the they beautiful hear the song, song of the sea. Yeah, it's either that or. Manatee farts sound very odd and melodious. I've never heard a manatee fart. Well, maybe manatees have got the voice of the flute, and that's where the nanyo comes from. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's again. That's what I was. Voice of a flute. All of them are going to sound like Enya. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Manatenya. Manatenya. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Enya songs, and I'm not even going. Orinoco flow. That's the only that's one I can think of. Truth. That's the one everybody goes for. But. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think. No. No. I can't think of any Enya songs other than Orinoco Flow. I can remember the the one, the Enya song that was used by the Fugees. Uh, they sampled an Enya song in the Fugees, didn't they? Yep. I honestly don't remember if you say in, so. In Ready or Not. Okay. Going back a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was an Enya song. Mm-hmm. Was it or was that Clanad? Because it was also in Sleepwalkers. Because, what am I trying to think and of? And a very, very Clanad, old... which Enya was part of at one point, I think, did the Robin of Sherwood theme tune, the Robin of Sherwood TV show when yeah, we were kids. Yeah, love Which that had one. Sean Connery's son as Robin Hood for the latter half and Michael Pryor for the first half. Yep, I love that. I was that. always a Michael Pryor fan because he was better as Robin Hood than whatever his name was. It was just that... Uh, that first Connery little bit as he comes bursting through, leaping through the undergrowth. Yeah. But Clannard, I'm pretty sure, did the theme tune for that. That was a beautiful song as well. Yeah. Anyway, we've digressed. Of, of, but beautiful singing. Do. It's worrying if we don't. Please, by all means, bring us back on track. Mermaids. Right, good, yeah. <laughs> Glad you're here. That's that sorted. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird legend. And like you say, it's one of those enduring ones like... The flood mythos, like, uh, I don't know, lots of different mythoses of dragons, for example. Yeah. Dragons are a mythos that is almost on every corner of the planet kind of thing. You know, yeah, the Chinese have their dragons. Own way, shape or form. The most. West have the kind of yeah. Game of Thrones style dragons that Arthur defeated and all the rest of it. And then there are worms and wyverns and, and mermaids seem to be in the kind of, I'm going to have to say it, similar boat. They're not in the boat. They're beside it. Yeah, yeah. God. They want to get in. And dragons don't don't go on boats either, love. You know this. Not often. No. No. They don't like them. No. Gives them the willies. Last thing you want is dragon willies. I don't know. Probably like, you know, an aphrodisiac or something. <laughs> yeah. For an awful lot of people, I would have thought. <laughs> 
Well, we've we've finally managed to fit dragon willies into our podcast, so that's good. High five. So you've got have you you've got some mermaid clothing, haven't you? I know Evie's got a pair of mermaid socks. And didn't she have a mermaid tail at one point? Evie's got two mermaid tails that one wow. I think one is knitted and one is like a fleecy little like the little blankety sleeping bag type blankets to keep warm. I've got mermaid hair don't care pajamas. You have. They are very much I mean mermaids are basically like here to stay and very kind of in fashion. Yeah, it's like mermaids and unicorns are the things that designers go to when they want to appeal to girl children. I think I know boys that like mermaids and unicorns. Lots of boys like mermaids because normally they're topless. This is true. That's all you need to attract boys. I mean, if you're thinking like Daryl Hannah in Splash, that's what most people think of as mermaids now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you need a moment, love? No, I'm good. Okay. So if you had to be dragged away by one of these mermaids, which one would you choose? I don't know. It's probably going to be between the Finn folk and Mami Wata. The Nanyo doesn't sound particularly appealing. Voice of a flute. Well, that's nice, but, you know, could get annoying. Monkey Mouth and Golden Scales, not so much. Sedna, I didn't really hear an awful lot about. The Brazilian Amazonian... Iara. Iara. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember much about what she did. She had beautiful green hair and bronze skin and a lovely dolphin manatee tail. And she would sing and basically sort of just lure you away from your life and you would live with her for the rest of your days. Yeah, all right, that sounds all right. Yeah, so she's in the running. Brazilian beauty. Brazilian beauty's in the running. The marrow, meh, don't know. The fin folk, you've got a wife there that's going to stay beautiful forever. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's right. Mami Wata, that's the other one that's in the running, but it's it's a real gamble. Yeah, it's a gamble. But so, if you if you're but good, but the thing is, if she steals you away, maybe she's like, maybe she looks after you. Mm-hmm, maybe. So you either get looked after, or you get sent back. You're more easygoing. You're more attractive, and you're wealthy. And you've got some filthy lucre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those are the ones in the running. The marrow, eh, yeah. Not not really at first. Silky, no. maybe little seal babies. Yeah, I'm not overly no. enamoured by the selkies. There is a statue of Selkie in... Faroe Islands? Faroe Islands. Faroe Islands, yeah. Which I was looking up because we've got listeners out there, or we did have, hopefully we still have. Hello. (laughs) Hi. By the way. But yeah, there's a a statue of a Selkie woman on a a rock that it's designed to withstand, I think, 30-foot waves. And it's got close to being (gasps) battered by almost that size at one point, which is just insane. But yeah, Selkies are not just a, an Irish or Scottish thing. Oh, no, no. Thing. There's, I, no, there's the people, although saying that the Faroe Isles are just north of Scotland, but they're owned by the Danes, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's kind of a Danish that kind free of nor- It's that kind of North Sea, anywhere there's seals. Yeah, but yeah, it, it would be a, probably Iara or maybe Mamiwata. I'm just going to stay with the manatee. <laughs> I just want to go and live with the you manatee. Go and live with the manatee, dear. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, they're just so cute. Whereas I look more like a walrus, but there we go. I do say that my kind of look is trash mermaid, 
but I do think I'm going more for the sea cow look. <laughs> so is there, is there anything else that you know about mermaids that you want to chuck in there? Not really, no. I've, I've suddenly found myself actually realising that I know next to nothing about mermaids, I was very really. surprised. Like they live in the water, they've got a fish for a bottom half, and occasionally they sing and lure people to their deaths. But yeah. other than that, no, not really. Because I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to look up mermaids. I'm going to have a look at Hans Christian Andersen because I've got a couple of versions of like the really old versions of interpretations of the story. Yeah. And it is really horrible. And then I just thought, oh, I'll have a look at the old law. I had a look at a lot of the old sightings and there was the, the Fiji mermaid Oh, where yeah. the, the guy sewed like the top half of a young monkey to yeah. a fish. And that literally went around the world. Well, yeah. it, it was like I a think d- P.T. Barnum owned it at one point. Did, yes. Hey. Good work in New York. But it actually originally came from a naval captain, bought it from a Japanese fisherman. Right. And looking back, they think it was either for a joke or for some kind of like ceremony. Right. That it wasn't real. Yeah. But this guy, back in 18-something, paid $6,000. Whoa, that's big money like, back then. Like, all the money from, like, the ships. Raided all the sailors' piggy banks. Yeah, basically, and... like, literally, <laughs> he had this six grand. Like, oh, he's going to be he investing took... it in something great. It was shown in London. It, it moved around a bit. And in the end, the Barnum guy... He was renting it for £12.50 a week to show in his sideshow. Wow. And um, yeah. looking at it, it's horrendous. Yeah. Uh, but it's but just... that started a score of copycats. Yeah. And then almost every sideshow in America had one of these crazy little mermaids. Started the whole idea of crypto taxidermy. Ugh. It was horrible. Yeah. Its hands were all tucked up round its face and its mouth was open. So it looked like it died in pain. Was that- yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think if you actually saw something in real life that was human on the top half and a fish at the waist, you'd be horrified, actually. Yeah. And it's interesting how certain depictions of them have been. Like, you get the, the general kind of comely maiden top half, but then, like, for example, in Pirates of the Caribbean, they can suddenly turn and look at you and they've got piranha teeth or whatever, mm, you know. They're, they're quite vicious, yeah. yeah. But there's also um, some that have had the face of a lion with a human body and a fish tail, a face with big fluffy cheeks. Yeah, the lion one I can see more being a manatee. manatee because then you've got a smooth-ish body. It just seems weird that so many sailors, mm. to the point where they were just drawn on maps, you know. Yeah. What's all that about? Here be mermaids. So that's mermaids for you, love. Yep. So uh, I think that's it, isn't it really, love? I think that's it for this episode, yep. So if you have enjoyed this episode and you want to tell us how much you enjoyed all the rubbish that we've been chatting, you can email us. You can at storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com. And you can also send in any stories you might have of your own and we can read them out for you. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash stories of strangeness. That leads you to the Facebook page and there is a join group button where you can join our Facebook group and start talking all kinds of twaddle with other people. Plus, we're in there as well. Yeah. If you're not into Facebook, we are also on Instagram. 
Uh, we are at Stories of Strangeness on Instagram. And we're on Twitter. At So Strange Pod. And if you want to check out the show notes for this or any other episode, you can find them on our website. Storiesofstrangeness.com. For every episode, we do a beautiful illustration, which we will pop up on our Redbubble account. Which you can then buy on lots and lots of different products, from socks to shower curtains to T-shirts to hard notebooks, bind clothes. notebooks, stickers, loads of stuff. Go and see. You'll, you'll figure it out. Redbubble.com and then search for Zoe and Mike. Also, there'll be a link in the show notes. And if you think we deserve it, or even if you don't think we deserve it. Especially if you don't think we deserve it. We have a Patreon account where for, how much is it a month? One dollar. You can help us with the running cost of our website and the upkeep of our equipment just to keep things chugging along. Um, later on we will be adding other tiers with some additional content but we haven't got there yet but yeah if you feel so inclined please do go along it would mean the world to us thank you i think it's time we said goodbye now love i think it is you're right goodbye now love goodbye now loves (laughs) 